Hello, Dr. Vicki Peterson here. I want to talk to you about a, I think we should call it a syndrome, a hiatal hernia, because we see it so frequently. And by definition, what a hiatal hernia is, is a hiatus is a hole, and a hernia is something that's protruding through a hole inappropriately. So a lot of times people have heard of inguinal hernias and abdominal hernias. Um, but a hiatal hernia is talking about the fact that the stomach, which is below the rib cage on the left, uh, is attached to your mouth via a long tube called your esophagus. And then the esophagus has this sphincter, it has a hole that opens when food is coming down and closes when it isn't. And that's so the stomach can churn around, uh, churn your food up, and it won't regurgitate up to your esophagus. Now, anybody who has heartburn or GERD, so heartburn is just that feeling of burning. GERD is where it's called gastroesophageal. So gastro, stomach, esophageal, esophagus, reflux disease. So it's actually reflexing and you can feel it. It can be um, worse for sometimes when people uh, at night, they wake up choking or sometimes vomiting or just have that, that stuff in their mouth, if you will, and that's the reflux aspect of it. So by definition, again, a hiatal hernia is when the stomach is protruding up through the esophagus. Now, it can be very gross where there's a lot of stomach stuck up there, and that's a surgical intervention. This is somebody who really is not able to keep any food down, so uh, the, the stomach can strangulate, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's, it's serious, not what we're talking about here. When you're in that kind of situation, you'll know it, and nobody's gonna argue the fact that you need help. What I'm talking about is something that is epidemic would be too strong a word, but very common. And the problem is that people are not given a diagnosis at all, other than to be told um, you're having a panic attack, you're under stress, uh, you have acid reflux, so here's an antacid. Um, a gentleman, believe it or not, just got his gallbladder removed unnecessarily because of this syndrome, which I'll explain more about that. Um, so it's extremely common and even when an endoscopy or a uh, x-ray shows a mild hiatal hernia, so just a little, little bit of stomach sticking up through there, um, which is called mild, patients are told that's not causing you any symptoms. I guarantee you I'm going to go on record. I don't know how many years it's going to take, but you're going to hear the symptoms it's causing from someone other than me, and it's going to be understood that this is a really huge problem. So you can have a small one, which I just described. You can have a sliding hiatal hernia. So it comes up and it goes back down. So of course, if you're getting the endoscopy or you're getting the x-ray at a time when it's not up and it's down, then they're not going to see it. And then I want to add my own personal uh, from our clinic uh, designation, which is a subclinical hiatal hernia. So if you can imagine, the esophagus is the tube, uh, and then the stomach is, is, you know, empties into the stomach. But between that is your diaphragm, and this is really where the explanation comes in of all these symptoms that people go through. So the diaphragm, again, if you're at your rib cage, is this sheet of muscle, and they're two big dome-like muscles, and every time you inhale, they bow down, and you exhale, 
and they bow up. And um, I always think of opera singers and their ability to you know, get, a, get a lot of air out, right? Um, so the ability is called of that motion is called the diaphragmatic excursion. So how much it moves. And um, when it's doing its normal excursion, you're getting plenty of air and everything's fine. Now imagine your stomach's in spasm, right? And, it's, and your stomach's on the left side again, and it's pushing on that diaphragm. So now our ability for that diaphragm to move gets compromised. Now you're still breathing, but it's not adequate. You know you're breathing. You might, and this is a very common symptom with this syndrome, uh, you feel a little short of breath where all of a sudden you, you just take a deep breath because, and that's your body's nervous system's way of saying, you're a little low on oxygen, take a deep one, okay? I've had a lot of patients say, I, I try to take a deep breath and I feel like I can't, which is a very good explanation of, again, that stomach's pushing up on the diaphragm and you really can't move beyond that very well. And, and sometimes patients really notice that shallow breathing. Um, so as a sequelae, as we say in medicine, really something that happens sequentially or as a result of. So as a result of that stomach pushing on the diaphragm, and the diaphragm not moving as well, this whole cascade of symptoms can happen. Your nervous system says, you know, there's not quite enough oxygen. What's going on? And one of its solutions is, okay, heart, pump harder. Okay, you pump harder, you're gonna drive more oxygen, we're gonna get more air, because we don't know why, but there's not enough air, okay? And so, all of a sudden, oh, heart palpitations. You're feeling your heart palpitate. So, then you rush to the ER and say, what's wrong with my heart? and you're told your heart is fine. Um, sometimes just pressure in the chest, maybe not heart palpitations, maybe yes, but also pressure in the chest or pressure and no heart palpitations. Uh, the other thing is this feeling of anxiety. And that's the other really common reason people end up in an emergency room. And it comes on very suddenly, all of a sudden this feeling of doom, I'm having a panic attack and you know, your body's freaking out and you look around and the environment is not attacking you. This is all happening inside. And, but it's really disconcerting. It's very upsetting. You don't know what's going on. So a lot of people end up in the ER to be told you're having a panic attack and here's your antidepressant. Now, why are you having a panic attack? The same reason that made your heart pump get more air because you're not getting enough oxygen, uh, your vagus nerve, which is a huge cranial nerve, is a, is, has a big component in this. But basically, your body's like, not enough air. That's not a good thing. I think we can all agree, you can you know, go without water for 24 hours, you can go without food for a really long time. Air, no. What, two minutes, four minutes, and then that's it. So um, the body's stress response goes, okay, I don't know what, but do something. Change something because this is not good. And you get that panicky feeling, you see? And then of course, sometimes people are hyperventilating and oh yeah, now we're getting enough air, <laughs> okay? So again, we're back in the ER and you're told you're fine and you're given a drug. So the most common is an anti-anxiety med, an antidepressant, and or um, the classic is the antacid. So, Hopefully I'm explaining this well enough. Imagine someone having all of these symptoms or having some of these symptoms. And the other thing is, is uh, someone bends over to pick something up or they're tying their shoe and all of a sudden this panicky feeling or the short of breath 
feeling occurs. Um, it's worse after eating because of course now you've just put some food in the stomach and the stomach's in spasm and this whole cascade can happen. Uh, sometimes the acid is interesting because you'd think, wow, acid is coming up my esophagus. I'm either tasting it or I'm feeling the burning. It can be pretty silent. And so someone doesn't have the classic burning, but they feel it's almost like scraping feeling going up and down their esophagus. They can feel a tightness in their throat. I've had patients describe it like there's something stuck in my throat um, and it won't go down. So again, so many different manifestations. And because we've been specializing in this for quite a while, I'm hearing all these different descriptions. And honestly, conventional medicine just does not know what to do with these people because again, they're, it's typically completely misdiagnosed and or even if they see the hiatal hernia on the endoscopy or the x-ray, uh, their, their symptoms are negated as being caused by that. Meaning the doctor's like, yeah, you got a small hiatal hernia, means nothing, which is complete nonsense. So I keep talking about it because I literally am hearing from patients all over the country, which at least if you're able to travel, we can help you. All over the world is so much harder because a lot of times the people I'm hearing from can't travel and, and that's tough. So why? So let's talk about why. Why is your stomach going into spasm? It's, it's a combination. So ultimately this is a digestive problem. And again, interestingly enough, people can have the, the panic attacks, they can have the shortness of breath, they can have the heart palpitations and zero digestive complaints. And you know, and, but the root of it, I'm telling you, is a digestive problem. So that can be a little bit hard to get your, your wits around. Another thing is neck pain because the nerves that go to the diaphragm come from the neck. Talking to a gentleman yesterday, the same gentleman who had his gallbladder taken out for no reason, he said, I couldn't understand this neck pain. He said, I'm so glad you explained that the, the nerve comes from the neck that goes to the diaphragm because that made perfect sense. So what's the why? So we have the stomach and spasm and pushing up. So not to ask a silly question, but what goes in your stomach? Food, right? So there's something about either the balance of, of um, bacteria in your stomach, you can have an infection in the stomach, but more commonly, it's just the standard American diet, which um, the acronym SAD, S-A-D, for standard American diet is, you know, kind of says it all, which is our, our diet is pretty unhealthy. So uh, I think we're seeing so much of it because of our unhealthy diet, eating really fast, overeating, uh, also chronic constipation, whether somebody has it now or historically has had it is another aspect of this, uh, weak abdominal muscles. Sometimes young men that are really pumping iron uh, very heavily. We had a, a semi-pro basketball player, female, um, doing tons of sit-ups and that and her digestive problem, you know, that was enough. And she had this rock hard abdomen in amazing shape, but was having all these panic attacks. And of course it's exhausting and you can't sleep and on and on it goes. So there's quite a cascade once again of symptoms that can come from this. The great news is non-drug, non-surgical, and it can be solved. So that's the good news. What's the bad news? Well, you have to be willing to do some diet and lifestyle change. And then there's also the structural component of it. And 
if you've been having this for more than several months, and I meet people regularly that have had it for a decade, if you can possibly imagine that misery, um, but that diaphragm has been pushed up by that stomach for so long that we have to kind of reset that diaphragm and get it out of that spasm. And that's why we have on our team chiropractic physical therapy department in addition to the functional medicine, internal medicine department. So this really is a marriage of, of all of those departments. And um, I've met a lot of people that have tried various other things and it just, I haven't found anybody who uh, has this full understanding and it's tough. So um, I, you know, as soon as I know about other people around the country that really know what to do, believe me, I will tell you. But at the moment, if you or someone you know is suffering with these symptoms and really don't know what's going on, as I said, the good news is it's not hard to fix and it's a natural approach. Uh, the bad news is we need to see you for a few days and then we can work with you long distance. And the few days while you're here, we can assess sort of structurally what's happening and uh, see if we can find someone where you live to help with that structural aspect once we've sort of gotten things going. But from the purely internal aspect, we can work with you long distance. That's no problem to reset um, the gut. And I mentioned the gentleman that had his gallbladder out for no reason. Uh, he was told your bile is sludgy. So bile is produced by the liver, but it's housed in the gallbladder. And with this imbalance in the gut, there's some you know over over toxicity level on the liver. And so it's not making this smooth liquidy bile that it should make. And the bile is kind of sludgy and thick. And so it's not handling uh, bacteria in your gut the way it should. And again, it's another secondary aspect to uh, gut imbalance. Again, not, not hard to fix. And um, you know, if you've already lost your gallbladder, it's definitely a part you can live without. Um, so there's no point in crying over that, uh, but it's the liver that makes the bile. So there's no, no reason you can't enjoy great health without a gallbladder. But if you're maybe on the throes of seeing whether you need gallbladder surgery, then, then definitely contact us first. So I hope that gave you a little bit more data about hiatal hernia and do realize by the standard definition, we have the sliding, we have the subclinical, and these, this whole constellation of symptoms, we find again and again and again to be this coming together of the poor stomach in spasm, pushing on the diaphragm, and then the cascade of nervous system reactions to this, resulting in the heart pounding, feeling the anxiety, um, you know, wake up in a panic or just have a panic during the day, um, shortness of breath, et cetera, et cetera. So there is a free ebook on our site that you can check out as well, which is um, the site is rootcausemedicalclinics.com. And if you want a free consultation, I am more than happy to assist and we can really figure out the best way to help you. So the telephone number here is 408-733-0400. I look forward to talking to you.